Hey everyone, this is Jim, and thanks for joining me today. This is the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. If you haven't been to the main website, you can check it out at www.faithtestedbyfire.com. That's www.faithtestedbyfire.com, and there's some more information there. Today I wanted to talk about um, spiritual warfare, or in, in particular, persistent faith versus persistent problems. So the Bible tells uh, believers to fight the good fight of faith. It says that in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 12. Now faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, is the evidence of things not seen. So we talk about things like uh, persistence or being persistent in spiritual warfare. I'm talking about the kind that you engage in on a day-to-day basis, even if you're not fully conscious of it. During the past week, I just found myself uh, exhausted by all of the information that comes in from a variety of, of news sources, blogs, emails, about all the different things that are going on in the world. And sometimes you look at this, and then you look at your individual picture, and, and you feel kind of small in the world when compared to uh, all of the things that are going on and, and, and what your part is. Sometimes you may feel like you really don't have a part, like you're living on the sidelines just watching the whole thing go by in front of you. I know a lot of people feel like that. But the truth of the matter is, is that God himself is out his whole actually the bible says that um the lord looks throughout the whole earth to find people whose hearts are perfect towards him so god's looking beyond the big pictures that we see and he's looking at all of the little stories that are happening in the midst of the big story because at the end of the day there's nothing more valuable in his sight than an individual and there's nothing nothing more important to him than for that particular individual to experience redemption in his or her lifetime so it says in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 17 it says so starting in verse 17 for if by one man's offense death reigned by one that's talking about adam much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came on all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came on all men to justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. So righteousness is a free gift. In the earlier part of my life, I was part of a denomination which placed heavy emphasis on being good and good works and and focused a lot on, on quote-unquote, saints of old and just made the whole uh, topic of God and righteousness so complex and so distant that there was you had to go through people to get to where you needed to be. And that mentality is everywhere today, even in the quote-unquote, um, uh, what, what we call believers, believing believers, Christian people. 
Um, a lot of people, they get their information from every source but the main source. In other words, rather than read the Bible for themselves and, and believe what they believe because they actually can see it for themselves, um, they really don't have confidence in, in their ability to do that. They really don't have confidence that God will make the Bible come alive to them or that God is really interested in them so much. They feel like they are on the sidelines, so to speak. They're not part of really a big part of the big story. And they act accordingly, and their lives reflect that. Um, on the other hand, there are people now who are, are waking up, and they're realizing that they have to check what they're hearing preached or taught or opinions which are shared on blogs or podcasts or other places. They have to check what's being said against the Bible, and they're learning to not put their confidence so much in other people. It's great that there are pastors and Bible teachers and other people out there who give material to help you understand God better, to help inspire your faith more. People that will give you hope when you need it. And all of those things are important. But nothing is more important than you as an individual knowing God for yourself seeing what the Bible says for yourself, and having your own faith and your own prayer life uh, between you and God. So let me just give you an example. Um, a few weeks ago, I had a, um, a few business situations that were really stressful. And I remember thinking, my first thought was, I wonder if there was something I did or something I didn't do which caused this situation to suddenly just spring up. So that's a, that's a common way of thinking. It's a works-related mindset, which says if you do all the right things, then the right things will happen. But if you start doing the wrong things, then the wrong things will happen. There is an element of truth that you reap what you sow. But there's also the truth that we live in a fallen world and if you look at the lives and you read the Bible for yourself of the original believers, from the book of Acts all the way through the book of Revelation, you'll see that they weren't living in fine houses and driving nice cars, so to speak. Um, yes, some of them were wealthy, but most of them were just what we would consider today average people. And the people that were actually out there preaching the gospel, they were heavily persecuted. Um, and again, nothing against um, selling books or selling tapes or doing any of those things that are commonplace today. But these people weren't celebrities. There were celebrities in that time. Matter of fact, the apostle Paul in one translation refers to them as super apostles. And these were people that had gained big followings because they basically told the people what they wanted to hear. And whenever you tell people what you want to hear, you'll have a lot of people who will they have what the Bible calls itching ears. They'll want to listen to what you have to say. But the truth is there's a balance to all things. And the balance starts with you as an individual. And for me, on this past week, I just had to make some internal adjustments because I was playing, I was placing so much weight on what was happening around me and compared to what the Bible says I should be focusing on. I wasn't focusing on the ability of God. I was focusing on the stress of the situation for a while. I wasn't focusing on the power 
that's available in the name of Jesus wasn't focusing on the free gift of righteousness that we have, wasn't focusing on the fact that it says that Jesus has been made to us, I believe it's 1 Corinthians one thirty, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That means in Christ, you are holy. You are righteous. You do have uh, standing before God. According to the book of Ephesians, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. But just knowing these things in your head and believing them in your heart, there's a great distance sometimes between those two things. Your heart reality is what determines whether you have peace in your your life today. There will always be things going wrong. Unless you've just arrived in this world yesterday, you shouldn't be surprised when things break, uh, when things don't work right when people come against you, when you're uh, skipped over because maybe you don't know the right people or you didn't say the right things. And that's just part of being in this world. The Bible says through much tribulation, we enter the kingdom of God. So, but it also says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So instead of looking at the victory coming after you leave this world in the sweet by and by, Look at what the Bible really says and how you can apply it to the here and now and have the victory right here, right now. It says um, in the book of James, give me, a, give me a moment while I turn to it. In James chapter uh, 1, verse number 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or various temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing means exactly what it says, wanting nothing. In other words, if you let persevering faith have its complete work, when it's finished, you'll be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Some people like to think that everything that God gives is spiritual, not material, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Matter of fact, Psalm 103.3 says that God forgives all our iniquities, and heals all of our diseases. And that's not talking about spiritual diseases. You look at what Jesus did in the Gospels. It says that he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And it also says that after that, somebody say, well, that was just when he was here in his earthly uh, ministry. It also says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Matter of fact, he told his disciples in the Gospel of John that it's to your advantage that I go away. Why? Because the Comforter was being sent. So if all the Comforter did was make you feel okay when things were rotten, then it wouldn't be to your advantage that Jesus left because when Jesus was there in person, he provided healing and miracles to everybody that needed them. Not one person did he ever turn away. Matter of fact, of the multitudes that he healed... Only one person came to him confused about his will, and that was a leper who came to Jesus and said, if you're willing, you can make me whole. And how did Jesus respond to him? He said, I'm willing, be made whole, and he healed them. So we think, boy, it would be, I would rather have Jesus here now than the Holy Spirit. That's because you don't actually believe what Jesus said. It's to your advantage 
Because if Jesus were here, you'd have to go wherever he was, get his attention, tell him what you needed, and then begin to believe at that point. Because what he said in Mark 9.23, he said, all th- if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So I believe you can believe. I mean, if you believe in Jesus, you're what's called the believer, right? So you can use that same faith and you can apply it to any one of God's promises that were made in the Bible. Now, if you have a works-related mindset, then maybe you you find yourself thinking, well, you know, I still have bad habits. That's why God's not able to bless me. That's why my problems persist. Or, you know, I still find my eyes straying and looking at other women or looking at other, other men. Well, what you have to realize about things like that or any, any type of, of thing that we would call in the category of, of um, transgressions or sin or breaking a commandment is that it says in the book of Galatians – Uh, Let me just read this to you and apply this to your own life. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has evidently been set forth, crucified among you? This only what I learned from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you are now made perfect by the flesh? So... It's, a matter, it's not a matter of, I have to give up all these things before God can bless me. The idea of giving up things that are bad for you is that the quality of your life will improve dramatically. The relationships in your life will improve dramatically. And the peace in your life will improve dramatically when you do the right things, when, when you live right. I mean, it couldn't be any more simple than that. So it's not a matter of fact of just... You know, we want to make God happy and not man. It goes even deeper than that. The whole thing of Jesus going to the cross, dying for our sins, and breaking down the barrier that was there between us and God is that we have a fellowship and relationship together, that we become part of God's family. And even within family, you have friendships. You saw that with Jesus' ministry. He wasn't just their Lord. He was also their friend. Um. John is recognized in the uh, New Testament as the disciple Jesus loved. That's how close their friendship was. And it says that God is no respecter of persons. He can have a close relationship with you just as he had with some of these figures that maybe you are have been impressed by or that you read about from the past. You can have that in your own life. And I know that for a fact because... I also came from a place where I watched for a period of time what was happening from the sidelines, where I wasn't really involved. When I was more of a follower of other people than a follower of the Spirit of God. And that's not to say that you don't need other people or you don't have to fellowship with other people or that you should be cut off in any way. What I'm saying is in your heart where the real you is, You want to get to the place where you know that you believe God and you believe in the name of Jesus and you believe in the promises of God that have been left for you. It says that, and Peter said that there have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these promises 
we can be partakers of that heavenly world right here, right now. I mean, heaven just isn't heaven and earth is earth. I mean, there are spiritual, spiritual activity happening around us each and every day. You know, I, I recently heard a, a preacher say that he was talking to somebody and they said they weren't getting anything out of the Bible. They were reading it, but it just wasn't coming alive to them. And he said, the next time that happens to you, tell the devil to leave your thoughts, tell him to leave your mind and to get out. And then after, in Jesus' name, and then after you do that, ask God to open those scriptures to you and show you what they really mean and how you can apply them in your life. And the person came back some time later and they said when they did that, it was amazing the change they experienced and everything had changed in their life from that point forward. So what did they do? They actually did what Jesus told the disciples to do in the Gospels. It says, Behold, I give you power and authority in his name over all the power and authority of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so this person took authority and commanded the devil to leave his thoughts and leave his mind in Jesus' name, and then in faith, and then he simply asked God to open his mind up, open his heart up, so he could receive what God was trying to give to him. And that changed his life. So I'm just sharing that with you because anybody can do that. You can do that. You can do that today if you want or right now. So um, again, let me read one more scripture verse to you. This is James from the book of James, the 12th verse in the contemporary English version. It says, God will bless you if you don't give up when your faith is being tested. He will reward you with a glorious life just as he rewards everyone who loves him. So think about this. You have your life. You have God's word. You have God's spirit. The invitation has been given to you. Matter of fact, it's put this way in the book of Deuteronomy 30, 19. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. So take encouragement to now. I know today I can look around you and I could share with you some of the things that concern me in my mind about what's happening right now in my own life, in, in the circumstances that I'm involved in. I know you could do the same for me. But I want to take it one step further. I want to tell you what I've done. I have gone to God and I've sat and I've prayed to the point where I know in my heart that if I stood before God right now, I would be able to say, Lord, I gave you this problem. I trust it and I, I believed. You can't tell me that I doubt it. I made a choice to believe. Did the temptation to doubt enter your mind? Of course it did. But a temptation and following through on the temptation are two different things. It's not a sin to be tempted to doubt. To be tempted to worry doesn't mean you're actually worrying. It means the thought comes and the emotions that are connected with that thought hit you. That's why faith is called a fight. So after that happens, instead of just rolling over and giving into it, say what the Bible says. You may have to say it several times over strongly to yourself. Say it out loud so you can hear it. 
You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So say what the Bible says out loud so you can hear yourself saying it. Don't just think it and don't just read it because although all those things are good, all those things aren't exactly the same as hearing it with your own ears, just like you're hearing it right now. So say it to yourself, say it before God, and make a choice to believe. So that's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening. I want you to know that if you just apply these simple things, you'll be making a turn and heading in a different direction in your life. You can start small with little situations. And in the past, I haven't done this lately, but I actually journaled all of the things that I went through and how God made the answers come to pass so that I could go back at future times and see what God has done in my life. And those things would give me encouragement as I face the latest challenges of the day going forward. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Again, this is Jim. If you haven't been to the main website, that URL again is faithtestedbyfire.com. Whether you put the three W's in or not, you'll get there. That's www.faithtestedbyfire.com. 